we're stressed, we're really focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be. We're so focused on that gap of, okay, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And, and then that stress builds. Whereas if you're focusing on gratitude, we're looking at now, I am here. Even though houses are burning down and people are running wild, but this little spot I'm standing in is safe. And I have control over these things around me. Rather than looking at, you know, the hill over there, we're like, okay, we can't get there. We'll never be able to get there. And then the stress response kicks in. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I am so grateful that you tuned in today. But look, today I have a very, very special guest joining us on the show, Dr. Deanna Rose. So Dr. Deanna Rose is a peak performance strategist and the founder of Wealth by Deanna Rose and has a bachelor's of arts degree in psychology from the University of BC in Vancouver, Canada. Her extensive experience working as a counselor with adults and adolescents in the field of addiction, HIV, mental health, and conduct disorders led her to seek more knowledge to healing in the physical realm. I love that. She then obtained her certification in sports nutrition from the International Society of Sports Nutrition while completing her doctorate degree in naturopathic medicine from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto, Canada. After going from constant burnout, chronic fatigue, and low confidence to having the ability to cultivate and summon energy on demand and transform her confidence, Deanna uses her experience and expertise to help others reclaim their body, leverage stress, and optimize energy. She now helps entrepreneurs overcome burnout, optimize energy, and create a toned and functional physique so that they can create, produce, and achieve more in business and in life. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, Dr. Deanna Rose. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Trudy. It's honestly quite an honor because I've been following you for a long time. I love your stuff. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am equally happy that you're able to join us here today. Um, and make sure you guys check out Deanna on Instagram. Her Instagram page is fire. She drops so much knowledge every single day. And yeah, you guys are just going to fall in love with her. Okay. So welcome to the Mind Your Body show, Dr. Deanna. And if somebody hasn't heard about you before, or if this is their first introduction to you, can you kind of just give us a little bit of a background about you and what you do? Uh, totally. Um, I feel like I've lived many lives as uh, you probably have figured <laughs> and everyone who's listening. 
initially, what I really, really was passionate about, and I still am very passionate about till this day, is mental health. Because the family I grew up in, there's a lot of mental health going around, a lot of um, undiagnosed uh, mental health issues. And I'm sure, you know, decades ago, mental health wasn't really something that was the the focus for the healthcare system. So I would say a lot of undiagnosed depression, bipolar, and diagnosed uh, schizophrenia in the family. So that really made me realize, you know, the importance of our mental health and how that really dictates the quality of life we live and we have when we, you know, continue our path, our journey down into our life. And um, and I used to be a swimmer as well. So when I realized, you know, when it comes to mental health, it again is a huge component when it comes to athletic performance as well as how we do in life as a whole. So from there, you know, I I really transformed or not transformed, but I would say evolved into um, more strength and conditioning. I started um, doing a lot of strength training with clients. I think. From the age of 20 until now, I actually I just had my 33rd birthday, so it's been 13 years, been a long time. Um, a lot of you know uh, sports and conditioning training with clients, and I realized again is is not just the physical, and this is something that you really emphasize as well, is not just the physical health that we we really need to take care of, but a lot of that is the mental. The mental is a foundational step to everything, and from there you know, we can become more consistent on a daily basis. We can be um, essentially transform our habits and the way we look at life. So um, I was in counseling for a little bit and I realized there wasn't a lot of physical health, like focus on the physical health. And that's why I went into naturopathic medicine Mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, seeing things a little bit backwards here. And uh, when I went into naturopathic medicine, I really wanted to use naturopathic medicine as a tool, as a vehicle to get to the physical health or the mental health. I mean, so and then I realized that, you know, naturopathic medicine didn't really focus too much on mental health. So after I graduated, um, you know, with with my passion in physical health, in training, in mental health, and this is that's why I decided to to essentially combine everything together to package it up, uh, for lack of a better word, and create this thing where I work with entrepreneurs on burnout and creating a body that they feel really amazing and confident in. And every morning when they step out of the shower or wake up in the morning, they can feel like a million bucks without, you know, the fancy clothes or whatever it is they do to make themselves feel better. So um, that's essentially how I got to where I am today. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like, I love what you do, Deanna. I think what you do is so unique. And I love what you said. Like, you know, you want entrepreneurs to feel good about themselves from the time that they step out of the shower before they even get into the fancy clothes. And I think it, it's really important that we feel comfortable in our own skin. So I think a lot of times we try to do a lot of different things to try to distract ourselves or, you know, maybe to enhance our looks. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I still think it's equally important just to be comfortable in the skin that you're in. Um, so thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about what you do in your own words. So let's talk about like the experience of stress. Like how has the experience of stress transformed over the last couple of decades or even over the last couple of years during the pandemic? Yeah, totally. Um, 
like the last few decades, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, I'm in my 30s, and I I remember as a kid there wasn't a lot of chronic stress, and as you know, you know, stress is not a bad thing. Stress itself is a is a survival strategy for humans for animals. It is not bad, and you know, when you when we hear things like eliminate your stress, that is not necessarily a good thing. We want to be little bit stressed, so we're not couch potatoes, you know, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix all day. Right. We want a little bit of stress to get us motivated, but the problem is the modern day human is chronically stressed, and that chronic stress response really takes a toll on the organs, the brain, the way we think about things, how we how we live our lives. Essentially, is we're essentially living in this stress bubble. We walk around with a little hamster wheel. That is just loaded with our stress, and we just continuously rotate these things day in and day out, and that's why a lot of people feel like they're stuck in a hole.、Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, you know, even in, I mean, not even, but especially in the last two years, we've been, I mean, Toronto especially is we've been quarantined, we've been,、um, you know, some privileges have been taken away to say the least. Uh, different mandates and all these things, and has created, I would say, a bigger problem than the pandemic.、Mm. And I, I understand this is arguable, this is debatable. I totally understand that, but I, I feel like you know the mental health crisis has gotten bigger than ever、mm-hmm. because of the things that we've been experiencing. So the stress level on a lot of different levels has has changed. And and part of that is because people have slowly not adapted, but they've their threshold has decreased because、mm-hmm. of the amount of stress they've been taking on on a regular basis, subconscious and consciously. If if that makes sense. Oh yeah, one hundred and ten percent. Man, we're only on question two, Deanna, and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was. I'll talk a little bit less when you get me. No,、talking. no, I'm. I love it. I love it. I'm just saying, like, you just have so much incredible knowledge, and you make such great points. Because I remember I had a conversation with one of my clients, and she lives alone. She's single, and one of her outlets for her was going to the gym, and that was part of her social life. Was going to the gym, you know, meeting up with her, you know, gym partners, and kind of just be, being in that active life. And then when the pandemic hit and all the gyms closed down, she didn't have that anymore, and that definitely affected her mental health because she lost that social aspect. It, it was the exercising, yeah, but it was also the social aspect of just being locked down. You know, in our houses, you know, and then also when you talk about stress, like there's this great quote that says, "It's not the load that breaks you down; it's the way that you carry it." Right? Even if you think about like picking up like a heavy box, right? Yeah, the box is heavy, but it all depends on how you pick it up. Like if you're not bending your knees, if you're not, you know what I mean. If you're not in the right position, you could hurt your back. And I think it's the same thing with stress. Like stress is always going to be there. And this is, you know, one of my one of my quotes that I always say is that stress is always going to be there, but you can master the way that you react to it and that you rise above it. So that it no longer has this immense sense of control over you, because nobody is ever going to be free of stress. That's it's life, right? It's life. Just like in nature, we have earthquakes and we have you know snowstorms. It's the same thing in life. Like when we have those challenges, like think about it in that sense, right? Most definitely, totally. Yeah. So, in your opinion, Diana, what is the easiest starting point for people who are feeling overwhelmed with stress and just not even really sure like where to begin? So what I typically tell my clients, and 
and I usually, you know, get a blank stare, to be completely honest with you. And if, for those of you who are listening, uh, you might just be like, what are you talking about? So the first thing I get people to do is just sit. Uh, <laughs> I know it sounds a little crazy, but no. if you think about it, stress and exactly like what you said, Trudy, is, you know, how we deal and how we respond, how we respond to the stress around us. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the times we think we're pretty good at stress management, but sometimes we get bombarded with these things and we don't even see them coming. You know, one day is this, another day is this, and then another day is this. And then, you know, some, we just don't get a break sometimes. And because of that constant stimulation, we, I feel like majority of the population has developed ADHD, mm-hmm. you know, m- maybe not to the, to the exact medical definition of ADHD, but we're so scatter minded all the time. You know, some people load the dish- dishwasher and they're like, oh, I got to go water the garden. And then the dishwasher is like, you know, open and is half done is because we've, we've really developed and, 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 you know, raised this culture of people who are doing 10 things at the same time. So sitting in silence, as simple as it sounds, is going to be really freaking difficult yeah. for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a real, you know, um, game changer, but at the same time, somewhat of a struggle for a lot of people. And it doesn't have to be long. You know, I usually start people with five minutes and some people can't even do five minutes. That This is how crazy, you know, we have, we have, um, I mean, I, I think the extent of the 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 desire where the constant, you know, um, bombardment of simulation has gone right. is we can even sit in silence for a minute. We need to check our phone. Right. We need because we're constantly on all the time. We're always exactly. on, right? Yeah. We need some sound in the background. We need like the TV in the background. So, um, you know, you don't have to, me- I'm not talking about meditation. I'm not talking about breathing. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying like, put yourself in a room, any room you want, turn off the TV, turn off the iPad, turn off the, the phone, whatever it is, or just flip your phone, you know, uh, face down and put it on silent and just sit there with yeah. yourself. I love that. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there and I can actually think of some people in my life. I'm not going to call anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> I love them to death. I love all these people in my life. So this is not putting them down, but I do have some people in my life that are afraid of being alone. They're mm-hmm. afraid of, of hearing that silence. And I think sometimes we're afraid of that silence because we don't want to confront certain things in our life. We don't want to confront certain thoughts that we may have. Um, but you're right. Like taking that time out is so important because we are in a culture we're constantly on. And, you know, from you know a wellness expert perspective, I also feel like the pandemic has made this worse as well with a lot of people working from home. Right. So now we have people using things maybe like Slack that they never used before. Right. So then you have your email notifications going off every single time you get an email. You got a Slack message going off every single time you get a Slack message. So it's just constant bombardment. Right. And that's just like this, it just never ceases. So for me, because I used to be like that way too, like I just used to keep plowing onto the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and just always busy and feeling stressed. But I got into the habit of just stopping in the moment when I'm stressed out. And just saying, okay, Trudy, how do you feel right now? Mm-hmm. Just checking in with myself and then just saying, okay, well, what is it that you need right now in this moment? Yes. 
right? So just start asking yourself some questions so that you can turn more to solutions versus just being stuck in the problem or even avoiding the problem altogether. Most definitely. I I love that. I love that, you know, is that, and I always, this is something that I always uh, preach (laughs) is that is building that relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we think about building relationships with other people, it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes trust. And with ourselves is the same thing. And I love that, you know, you bring up the the question of what do you need right now? And unfortunately, a lot of people are so disconnected with themselves that they don't even know what they need. Mm -hmm. That will take a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it could be, it could even just be as like something as simple as, okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'm actually going to sit and enjoy my cup of tea, or I'm just going to go outside for a walk. Like just like just doing something to change your state rather than just staying in the state of this, this busyness and like the stressfulness. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let us, let's talk about like body, like recomposition and like weight loss for a second. Okay. Because we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, um, about the link between stress and and weight loss and that sort of thing. So when it comes to body recomposition, why do you think that stress management is the most underrated topic? Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, as most people know, I think, um, bot, I mean, I think with the weight loss industry as a whole, if it's not a trillion dollar industry at this point, I think it's, I mean, getting pretty close to yeah. a, a billion trillion dollar industry because, you know, it's people love seeing quick results. People love seeing that, you know, what they do one thing and the results come the next day, the next week, the next month. So the I feel like, you know, what we really focus on is. I feel like, you know, the quick fix is the diet, the low calorie, the eat a salad a day type of, you know, the stereotypical stuff or jump on the cardio machine and go nuts type of thing. But like you said, is, you know, stress management is one of those things that's not talked about, but is so important that is underlying every single person's life. And we're, we all deal with some kind of stress, whether that's, again, consciously recognized or subconsciously experienced, you know, whether that's, you know, someone who's dealing with a deadline or someone who's worrying about money, even in their sleep, that is something that we're constantly dealing with. And when we, when we downplay the stress, and because a lot of us, we we're we don't trust ourselves enough, again, going back to that relationship piece is, we don't trust ourselves enough to to even be honest with ourselves yet. So we're like, no, 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 we're fine. We're not that stressed out. You know, things will be okay. And we're not completely honest with ourselves. But our body recognizes that stress response. And it responds accordingly to the actual level of stress that we experience, whether or not we want to consciously admit it or recognize it. So you know, the stress management is really important when it comes to weight loss, because the body doesn't lie. The body doesn't matter how how much your mind or ego chooses to to make stuff up. The body doesn't lie. You know, the symptoms we experience in the body is very much a reflection of what, what is going on on the inside as well as in our mind. So the reason why I think stress management is so underrated is because a lot of people, you know, myself included, is I used to be a stress eater. And 
I ate when I was stressed out and I couldn't help it. I didn't know what was going on. I had an eating disorder as well because I was stressed. I didn't know how to deal with my anxiety. I didn't know how to deal with my depression or my, you know, multitude of different mental health issues. So food was my outlet. And so it doesn't matter how much I starved. I always binged because I didn't know how to deal with my stress response. And the the other component, of course, as you know, is, you know, how the hormone cortisol really takes a toll on the body, whether that's the weight uh, we, we see on the body or, you know, the organ systems, how they really go into dysregulation. I know lately a lot of your post on Instagram is about gut health. So it really takes a toll on the gut. And and of course, the gut is essentially the root of the entire body. And of course, that's going to really um affect every single body system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, neurotransmitters like serotonin, we now know are produced in the gut. So, you know, if you're, if you have poor gut health and maybe you're trying to lose weight, maybe your mood is affected because the neurotransmitters in your body aren't getting produced as they should. Right. So then now you don't really have the motivation to eat healthier, or maybe even try to lose weight if that might, you know, might be a goal of yours. So it's definitely all, you know, interconnected for sure. And I also want to thank you for your transparency and talking about, you know, turning to food to manage stress, because there's a lot of people, myself included, you know, who are either doing that now or who used to do that before. So I think it's important that we, you know, we're more transparent about it. And we talk about it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, just so we can all learn and we can all, you know, heal each other from that. Right. Most definitely. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, interesting that you bring that up because um, I'm ve- like, I'm very transparent with everything I've gone through. And I was talking about this with a girlfriend of mine. I've known her for two, three years now, I think. And, um, and I just casually brought it up and I said, you know, I really, really struggled with eating disorders when I was younger. And she was like, me too. She's like, I, I didn't realize she's like, I recently found out another two of my girlfriends, you know, struggled with the same thing is something that people don't really talk about, unfortunately. And like you said, you know, we should be talking about a lot more because, you know, when, when there's community, we feel supported, we feel heard and we feel recognized. Absolutely. And it gives us an opportunity to begin to heal ourselves through other people's stories. So yeah, for sure. So let's talk about burnout a little bit, because I know stress and burnout are, you know, of course, connected. Um, So let's talk about what burnout is. Can you explain what it actually is? Yeah, burnout is, um, I don't think I can swear here. So (laughs) no, go for it. Go for it. (laughs) I was gonna say burnout is a bitch. Uh, (laughs) Certainly is. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's one of those things that uh, I think it's almost um, glamorized these days. If, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not, you know, exaggerating, which I don't think no, I'm exaggerating, not. to be completely honest, because we're in such a hustle culture that, you know, mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. And in the especially in the entrepreneurial space, everyone's like, yes, you got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to do the 14, 16 hour days. And then, and then what? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and uh, when we think about burnout, burnout is not a, a burnout is not a um, an end diagnosis. Burnout is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there's the early stage when we're getting into it, and then there's of course we we never want to get to the end stage of burnout, which you know some some people even end up in hospitals because of it, because it can get really actually very serious. So. 
the beginning stages, you know, when we are, when we feel actually pretty excited about certain things, when we feel like, oh my gosh, I really love what I'm doing. We feel that excitement or we might not, but we just feel the, the need to grind through certain things. So we overwork ourselves. You know, we still have that energy. There's a little bit of anxiety sometimes. Irritability could start kicking in at the end of that initial stage where, you know, we might have that heightened sense of alertness because there's things that need to get done, whether that's excitement or, you know, someone lights a fire under our ass and like we need to get stuff done. Right. And then the the mid stage is usually, you know, when we've gotten that to that that point where we're like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I feel really pretty depleted, but things are still kind of, you know, under control because our body is an amazing thing. It's very adaptable. It does everything it can to make things work. But usually by the mid stages, when people start experiencing symptoms like insomnia, things like, you know, trouble staying asleep or trouble, you know, falling asleep, um, and typically sleep is the first sign of, you know, something needs to be done um, about this, this stress that we're experiencing. So people tend to have, you know, low energy in the morning because their sleep wasn't that, that great overnight. And they feel, you know, they need like three cups of coffee. I'm sure you've heard of this from your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a coffee in the morning. I have a coffee at 10 a.m. I have a coffee at 3 p.m. And then maybe a coffee at 7 p.m. just to get me through mm-hmm. The, the night to 9 p.m. where I need to finish work. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, you know, and I hear that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, we've gotten to the point where we're like pushing the body so far to the point that we're, the body is like, oh, my gosh, I need support. But we're not giving it support. We're just pushing and pushing and pushing it. And of course, the late stage is when people are just exhausted. They don't they don't care about anything anymore. They just want to sit there. They can't wake up and, you know, in the morning because their body is just completely depleted. So in a Chinese medicine perspective, you know, is and this is a lot of the 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 protocols I use are from Chinese medicine principles is if you think about um the progression of burnout the initial stage is an is an overexertion so there's a lot of stuff going on there's a heightened sense of you know alertness um output and all that stuff and then because of that heightened sense of um alertness and all that stuff so there's a lot of resources being used up and then we slowly go into a state of depletion so we're depleting our resources we're not refilling fast enough so we're depleting 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 which to the end stage usually um, is not very pretty. So, and I, you know, I don't, I hope nobody really ends up in that stage, but oftentimes, you know, when you're in the end stage, you know, you literally cannot do anything because your body just doesn't have the capacity to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so much gold nuggets there. And, you know, I've shared this before on my podcast, Deanna, but I felt like I was experiencing burnout last year. And before I got to that end stage, I said, okay, I got to take a step back here because something, something is definitely wrong. Yeah. So I have a very strong work ethic. I can keep going and going and going. I think part of that is just being in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for about 13 years and, you know, just always multitasking, like you said earlier, right? Like doing 10 different things at once, constantly multitasking. 
working. So when I became an entrepreneur, I was like, okay, well, I'm used to doing like, you know, a billion because as an entrepreneur, you got to be the marketing person. You got to be, you know, all things to everybody. Right. Totally. But I just kept pushing myself, pushing myself. And it just got to a point where I was sitting in front of my computer I'm looking at the words on the screen, but the words are all out of order. I can't focus on the words. I was tired. I had, it took me forever to fall asleep when I did finally fall asleep and I would wake up in the morning, I would be exhausted. There was just a whole bunch of other symptoms that were happening. So before it got, you know, to the extent where there was like almost like the point of no return, I said, okay, Trudy, you got to establish some boundaries and you got to take a step back. And that's exactly, you know, what I did. But, you know, the thing is that if stress is left unchecked for a long period of time, which is what was happening with me, eventually it will turn to burnout. So that's why it's so important that we have these preventative measures before we even get there. Right. Most definitely. Yes. Yeah. And thank you so much again for sharing that experience. It's, um, it's definitely, you know, it takes a lot of courage and, and vulnerability as well to share experiences like that. Yeah. You know, and, and I struggled with that because especially as, you know, a wellness expert, nutritionist, I was like, do I tell people that I was going through this? And I was like, well, no, because I'm sure there's a lot of other women that are going through this as well. And they need to know like the signs, they need to know the signs of when this is happening to you, you know, how you recover from this, um, you know, how you move forward basically. Right. So like we said earlier, I think it's important that we tell our stories because it allows other people to see themselves in you and to begin their own healing process from that most definitely for sure for sure well, speaking of recovery like how does someone recover from burnout so i mean i think you did it perfectly and you basically, <laughs> you know what your story i think it's you know is very um is very inspirational um you know and it's very relatable is something that a lot of people are currently going through and going from that corporate lifestyle to an entrepreneurial lifestyle that's something you know a lot of people are currently going through or have gone through and part of it is having the awareness of oh shit you know I'm not doing so good and I need to slow down and part of that is and and part of it is you know as you mentioned as an entrepreneur we need to be doing 10 different things a thousand different things at the same time and part of that is recognizing, okay, I'm the person who's doing all of these things. If I collapse, none of these things get done. So what do I need to prioritize? Me, myself. Yeah. So part of that is that awareness of, you know, okay, we need to slow down and we need to have that pep talk of, yeah. okay, girl, you got to get your stuff together. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things are going to are gonna go, you know, haywire. Um, I was going to say something else, but I don't think that's appropriate. But- no, it's okay. I'm laughing because I have daily pep talks with my, ever since I took the step back from my business last year, when I was approaching burnout, ever since then I have daily pep talks with myself. So I'm all for the pep talks. <laughs> totally. totally. And I, and you know, I think we've, we've, especially in um, the Western world, I think, you know, we are so afraid almost um you know from living in mexico and and getting in touch with you know a lot of the the people who are so in touch with nature in touch with you know the the more of the ancient cultures and civilizations there's so much communication with the self 
it's incredible. It's so incredible to see and experience. And, you know, I, I grew so much and I've grown so much from the, the experience just living in Mexico for six months, just experiencing different things and talking to different people. And I realized, you know, everyone in North America, not everyone, but most people in North America, sorry, Mexico is North America. Um, the Western cultures are very shut off. We're so, you know, so focused on the external world that we've like shunned ourselves essentially from Mm -hmm. the inner world. And I think part of the not pandemic, but the endemic of burnout is the issue is the fact that we've lost touch with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We've lost touch with the the signals the body's been trying to send. You know, every symptoms we receive from the body is the body nudging us saying, Hey, you're getting a headache. Like maybe the the pressure of the atmosphere is changing. Maybe you're a little bit dehydrated. Maybe your body's a little bit inflamed. Like let's do something about it. And then, you know, the more severe symptoms are the body saying, hey, you didn't do anything from this thing I told you the other day. Like I'm going to send you, you know, uh, more of a stronger nudge. And a lot of times we don't even, we ignore it completely, especially Mm -hmm. as, go-getters, high achievers, you know, people who are very, very high strong. We just want to get stuff done. Right. Like, nope, we can, we can plow through this thing. Not a problem. So part of that is again, slowing down and really listen to the self and, and figure out, you know, what, what, um, what's not going right inside Mm -hmm. and what can I do right now? Just as on an everyday daily basis, Part of that is, again, silence. Just listen to your body. Get in touch and just listen. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do nothing. Just just feel. Just connect. You know, okay, my stomach feels a little bit funny. It feels knotted all the time. Oh, I feel like there's something in my throat. I feel like my right elbow has always been achy, but I just ignored it all the time. You know, the little things like that, because these are the signs the body's trying to send. It's like, you know, little kids. And I don't know, you know, how many people who are listening have kids. But if you have a kid, sometimes the kids poke at the parent or they like tug at their shirt or, you know, they they cry where they make little noises. And then if you ignore those signs, it turns out to be a meltdown sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that meltdown we absolutely hate it. i mean parents i don't i'm not a parent but i'm just saying like parents in general absolutely hate it but the, you know when we hit to a point when we hit a point where we can't operate we can't function anymore that's our body going into meltdown mode going mm. like okay i can't deal with this anymore you have to do something about it mm, so good so good Do you feel like your stress levels are constantly on the rise? You're not alone. Feeling stress is a perfectly normal feeling, but it can sometimes feel like you're taking on the world without the strength to get back up. In my free Foods That Soothe ebook, you'll discover some key vitamins, nutrients, and recipes that may help you to improve your mood as well as to reduce your stress. I know how it feels to be overwhelmed, so I wrote this resource with you in mind. No matter how stressed you are, there is always a way to find relief. This book doesn't take more than 10 minutes to read. You can even read it on your phone or on your tablet. You can also grab the free download over at trudyestone.com forward slash foods that soothe. Okay, so can you share some daily non-negotiables that you do to prevent burnout? For sure. Um, A lot of it, honestly, 
is so simple. Um, it sounds it sounds like I'm hiding secrets. I absolutely am not <laughs> hiding secrets. Um, I'm sure you can attest to this, Trudy. I think it's just little things that make the biggest difference. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I always take 10 breaths before I even get out of bed. So I mm. have my eyes closed. I'm conscious. I'm awake. And I take 10 deep belly breaths because oftentimes we jump out of bed and we're in panic mode already. You know, our, we activate the sympathetic nervous system. We're like, okay, what fire do we need to fight today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, allowing your body to breathe and really just allowing that uh, nervous system to feel the calmness is a really good way to start the day. And I typically avoid checking my phone unless I know there's, you know, something I need to do. I, che- I avoid checking my phone for the first 30 to 60 minutes because a lot of the times I have actually clients who text me at like two in the morning or like midnight or something about random things. And I always feel obligated to respond. So I just don't check my phone at all for the first 30 to 60 minutes. And I go into meditation. I journal every single day. And part of that journaling is, is, you know, gratitude is a huge thing for me because, you know, tapping into what we have is, is tremendous, especially when it comes to stress. Because when we're stressed, we're really focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be. Mm. We're so focused on that gap of, okay, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And, and then that stress builds. Whereas if you're focusing on gratitude, we're looking at now, I am here. Even though houses are burning down and people are running wild... But the little, this little spot I'm standing in is safe and I have control over these things around me rather than looking at, you know, the hill over there. We're like, okay, we can't get there. We'll never be able to get there. And then the stress response kicks in. So that gratitude is every single day. And I always write down, you know, let's say I'm grateful for my family. Why am I grateful? for my family is because you know I feel loved I feel connected I feel you know very supported so the why is always essential for me as well when it comes to tying into gratitude and that also intensifies the gratitude we feel because a lot of times you know we can say I'm grateful for my house but we don't we don't really think much about it and it almost becomes a reactive thing an automatic response Whereas if we really go into the why, we start really leaning into that feeling and really bathing ourselves in that feeling of gratitude is, oh my gosh, I, I'm sheltered from, you know, the, the, the blistering sun, which I'm sure a lot of people in Canada are very jealous of right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, all the things. So the why is very, very important. And um, another non-negotiable is water. I drink four liters of water a day uh, because I notice, and that's the best amount of water for me and everyone's different. Um, I notice, you know, my skin glows, my nails grow much, much better. My hair is great. My energy's up. Um, You know, I'm just a much happier person. So water is essential. You know, I mean, even if you don't eat, you have to drink water. I'm not telling People not to eat, but I'm just saying water is more essential than anything else. So mm. those are some of the non-negotiables for me. Oh, I love those. Those are all, those are all really, really great. I don't even know like where to start with that one. You know, I would say like, I love that you talked about gratitude. I'm going to start there because 
the quickest way to change your state is to focus on what you do have instead of focusing on what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us focus on the things we don't have, especially when we're on social media, we're scrolling through and we see all the things somebody else has. And we're like, well, how come I don't have that? When will I get that? How come that person has that thing? And I don't have that thing. So like you said, it's just as simple as just being grateful for the things in your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I find myself like in a low vibe state, I'm like, okay, Trudy, what are you grateful for right now? You're the pep talks, right? You're the pep talks, Deanna. <laughs> so I was like, Trudy, what are you grateful for right now in this moment? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm in a house, right? I own a house. This is not just a house. This is a home. Mm-hmm. It's a home that I share with my husband. It's a home that I invite my friends and my family to, to entertain with them, to connect with them. There's food in my fridge. A lot of people don't have a fridge. A lot of people don't have a home. A lot of people don't have food in their fridge. I'm grateful for that. Oh, wait a minute. I talked about friends and family earlier. I have friends and family. Oh, wait a minute. I can see the food in my fridge. So I have eyesight. It's just like all those little things. And the more that you, you know, take the time to just be grateful for those little things, they just stack up. It's almost like compound interest. And then you don't feel so crappy anymore. Right. So we need to get out of this thing of this, the sense of just feeling lack and just focus on the abundance that we do have in our lives instead. And if someone's listening to this right now and saying, I don't have this thing, I don't have that thing. I'm going to tell you right now, you have a lot more than somebody else has. Somebody else right now is looking at what you do have and wishing that they had that too. So anyways, I'll stop preaching now. (laughs) I love it. I love that. Thank you. And, And I think it's amazing that, you know, you connect everything is you see the fridge, you recognize that you have eyesight because that then that means you're really, really, you know, you're present with that gratitude because you can say, okay, I have fridge done moving on to the next one. But the fact that you're able to make that connection, there's a lot of presence there when you're really counting your blessings. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, like, it takes practice. Like I wasn't always this way. It could definitely took practice. And that's exactly it. Like you got to do these things like day in and day out. Don't just do it once and then put it on a shelf and forget about it. We have to put these things into practice. They have to become habit. And once they become habit, like you won't even necessarily have to struggle to think about doing these things anymore. They'll just become like part of the fabric of who you are and how you handle challenges in your life. Most definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I have a question for you and it's something that I ask all of my guests on the mind your body show, and you might've answered this already, but I'm going to go for it. What is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? Um, I love to, I have a lot of favorite ways. So it was really hard to, to pick one, but I have to say, just sit in silence. Um, because what I noticed is, again, is that relationship we, 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 uh, talked about before is when you sit in silence, you, you start listening to things and, and you start building that trust. Initially, I remember, you know, I was always this go, go, go person, just like, you know, the, the typical person that we talked about. And what you, the first time I sat down with myself, I was like, nothing's going to come to me. Like, am I crazy here? (laughs) And I sat with myself and I remember I sat for about two minutes and I was like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. So about two weeks later, and I was like, okay, let's just try this again. Try to sit for a little bit longer. 
So I sat for 10 minutes and then I was like, okay, nothing came to me. There was no voice, no, no thoughts, nothing, you know, okay, it's okay. And then I did it again the next day because I was trying to be consistent and things start popping up. And then the day after that, I actually wanted to go sit in silence. I was like, huh, I think I really want to go just sit down and just be with myself. So our body and our minds, you know, it the DNA codes everything. Everything we do, everything we eat, everything we think about, it's all coded in the body. Mm-hmm. So what we do that actually feels good, the body will also code that and it will, you know, reinforce those things in a very positive way. So when we do something and the body is like, I really like that. And it will, you know, it will really try to encourage you to do that. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we really neglect those signs and and little whispers. We choose to go do something else. Mm -hmm. But if we just kind of slow down a little bit and sit. So that is definitely something that I really love doing, uh, sitting with myself. So I typically meditate for about 30 to 45 minutes a day. And then sometimes I just sit with myself for an extra 15 minutes and just do do nothing. <laughs> mm, I love that. And I think yeah. you answered the body question because meditation is a great way to take care of both your mind and your body. But if you have another way to take care of your body, let me know. What is that? Um, I work out. I have to work out. I don't know if you feel the same, but you know, I, do. I you just got to, you feel like your body, my body's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. We got to go. Um, yeah, it's just definitely movement, any sort of movement, boxing, lifting, you know, swimming, whatever it is, just, just move. Yeah. yeah. It's so true, Deanna. And like yesterday, like my day started a little bit wonky yesterday and I got some news that just wasn't really the best news yesterday morning. And I didn't feel so great. And I work out pretty much every morning and I wasn't going to work out. I'm like, Oh, I just want to, after hearing this news, I'm like, I just want to go back to bed. I don't want to do life today. And I said, you know what, Trudy, you made a commitment to yourself. You said you're going to work out minimum four times a week. And if you don't work out today, you're not going to meet that. So you made this commitment to yourself. What are you going to do? So I worked out. And I often find that on the days that I don't want to work out, those are the days where I have my best workouts. Those are the days where after my workout, I feel like I can like conquer the world. I feel like I can climb a mountain. So when you're feeling like this sense of stress or, you know, discouragement or like a setback, like anything like that, the best thing to do is to move your body like change your state, like move your body and you will feel so much better. There's so much science behind this too, in terms of the effects of exercise, not just on your body, but on your brain and on your mental health as well. So yeah, like exercising and movement is, is absolutely a must for me. And it's not so much about the outside. It's about the inside. And it's definitely about mental health for me. Always, always. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope everything's okay. Oh, everything's okay now. Yeah. Everything's okay, okay now, but thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm glad. And I'm um, I'm really glad, you know, you worked out and and I think just and I didn't realize this before, but as you were saying that, I, I think, you know, I totally agree with you. You know, on the days that you really don't want to work out and you go work out and you have the best workouts. I just realized that, you know, just the the fact that you didn't want to work out and you worked out, that's an accomplishment on its own. You yeah. just overcame your own like rejection almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt so much better afterwards rather than sitting and wallowing in what wasn't happening. What can I make happen for me? Right. Exactly. 
So it's always about, you know, perception. And again, like I said, like even yesterday, like that was a test for me. It's a constant practice. Like I'm not perfect. I don't have all of this stuff figured out, but it's a, it's a constant practice. So that's why I wanted to share that as well, just to let people know that, Hey, it's not, I don't wake up in the morning, like I can't wait to work out. Like that rarely happens, (laughs) but I love the glow up effect after I work out and just how great I feel. So guys like move your body, you know, follow Deanna on Instagram and check out all of her amazing posts and, you know, ways that you can get more active and incorporate more movement into your life. And on that note, Deanna, where can people find you if they want to connect with you, learn more about you, maybe hire you, anything like that? Give us all the deets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, since we talked about Instagram, um, I'll throw Instagram out first. Uh, it's dr.deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, W Rose. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, my website is deannawrose.com and Facebook is Deanna Rose. Awesome. And I will make sure that I drop all of those links in the show notes for you guys. So you can check her out and then you can follow her. So Deanna, thank you so much for being on the mind your body show today. This was such a great conversation. So insightful. You know, I even learned some things about myself. I even reaffirmed some things about myself here as well. Um, it was just a, just such a delight to speak to you. So thank you so much for making the time to be here today. Thank you so much, Trudy. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. And also, of course, talking to you and sharing all the insights and listening to all the insights, you know, we were both able to draw out of each other. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.